You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. This is your show. This is Twitter Tuesday, your questions, few news notes here before we get to those questions about a couple of names that are going to be sticking around with their current teams after some restructures before these mandatory mini camps at BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me at BD at at Williamson NFL is where <laughs> you can find Matt and tag us and get those questions in for our Twitter Tuesday episodes or you know we filter in questions in on other episodes as well throughout the off season. so if you want to get involved find us on Twitter and that is where you drop those questions I have a bunch of questions today Matt some good ones but first Jameson Crowder restructuring his contract about 10 million dollars is what he was supposed to get which is a lot going into the last year of his deal and I think it was looking like he was going to get released if he didn't take a pay cut and it it, it was called a restructure from the report I saw but it sounds to me like yeah you're gonna lop off probably half of your salary this year because you might not even make that if we release you on the free agent market right now so uh, Jamison Crowder slot receiver going to stick around with the New York Jets we just talked last week about how maybe he's a trade candidate but I don't know if the team was even willing to take that on. So James, Jameson Crowder, 28 years old, going to stick around with the New York Jets for one more season. And they've got a nice little wide receiver room there. It's, it's, there's, some, there's some crowdedness there. There's some, some talent for the Jets and for their rookie quarterback to throw to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm super high on Elijah Moore. And I think that gave the Jets uh, you know, a card here in their hand to play against Crowder. And you know, I kind of was thinking about this, thinking, man, I'm, I, I bet there's five to eight teams I could name that have some cap room laying around that give up a seventh round pick for a quality slot guy like Crowder. And it didn't come to fruition that way. And the Jets keep keep them at their price, which is great. Again, making you know life easier on the young quarterback. But I was thinking about it too. It's like the receiver market, particularly for slot guys this year, was not very helpful. I mean, it was certainly a buyer's market in free agency, and some of those people already landed their slot guy. And this draft class was so loaded with, you know, the Elijah Moore types, the the Rondell Moores, you know, the Eskridges, all these smaller slot types that I think a lot of those needs got filled already. And I guess this doesn't mean 100% that he's sticking around. Could they still... I don't know the details of the renegotiation, if there's any no trade happening there, uh, if they could still move him, because if he did take a pay cut, I would assume uh, more teams might be actually more interested in trading for Jameson Crowder, too. So I don't know if that's part of it. But um, you have to imagine the Jets at some point want to go with Elijah Moore. Denzel Mims, the second rounder from last year, obviously Corey Davis, they paid a bunch of money to be a starter. So maybe there's not a lot of space for Jameson Crowder if Elijah Moore plays well as a rookie. So that could still be an interesting team there that there could be some movement with uh with Crowder in trade but as of now it looks like he's going to show up to camp and stick around and uh they got that figured out uh the other team that I think this is a bigger one which was a little bit more surprising is that the Vikings kicked off their mandatory mini camp and according to James Jones one of those players reporting was Danelle Hunter and it looks like they've got that thing figured out too and that's huge for the Minnesota Vikings. That one I thought might go a little bit further into the summer and who knows ended in a trade. So Danielle Hunter now back with the Vikings which is huge for their defense. It is huge. I mean, he was really really missed last year. He's a premier edge player. Fits perfect with the scheme, developed him. 
Um, you know, I, I thought Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones were kind of demanding the headlines that Hunter kind of got forgotten about, but this was looming out there as a potential trade situation. Uh, he will be back. His contract's all settled now. So that's really good news for Minnesota. And I expect him to be noticeably better on defense. And he's a big reason why. Yeah, they, they bring back guys like Pierce who opted out, put him next to Tomlinson. I, I still think they could use another edge guy, but defensive line's in a lot better shape than it was a year ago. Denell Hunter's still only 26 years old. How's that possible? Crazy. Came in the league super young. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, he's raw as rain coming out of college. Uh, let's see. So he's going to get $5.6 million in a 2021 signing bonus. So he's going to get some cash right away. Then the most significant change here, according to NFL.com, to his new contract is that there's a new $18 million roster bonus set to trigger on the fifth day of the league year in 2022. Hmm. So nice little chunk of change okay. there. So yeah. it'll be a $20 million man next year. And then we'll see what happens beyond that with Donnell Hunter. But uh, big-time pass rusher, big-time talent there, and a huge piece of that Vikings defense. I think that's I, – I, there's one quick note here from Bears minicamps and OTAs that I thought was really interesting. And, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Justin Fields coming out of the draft. And sure. Darnell Mooney, young wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, he said the very first one he threw me, quote, I was smiling mid-route, talking about Justin Fields' deep ball <laughs> and talking about him in practice. And apparently he's looked really good in OTAs and in mini camps. And as expected, that arm strength is really showing out there in, in Bears practices. And on the flip side, the veteran that he's trying to usurp to be the starter there is struggling, throwing interceptions. Uh, we might see Justin Fields in week one. Like, that's the vibe I'm getting out of Chicago right now. I've been kind of rooting for that every step of the way. It'll be more fun for us. But I also think it's the best thing for the Bears, even if he does struggle with protections and line calls and audibles and all those things that Dalton will be more experienced and better at. I think this is a situation where no offense to bears fans, but I think you want the next chapter to start now. I don't think they're a super bowl contender. I think you learn by playing in this instance, it's a pretty good group around them. I'm glad you brought up Mooney. He's a guy that's been growing on me too. I think he's more than just a flash in the pan that he's a legit player for those guys. Gives them a a decent set of weapons, not ideal, but a decent set of weapons. So um, I would love to see Fields in opening day. I think there's a much better chance he gets that nod than Trey Lance or maybe even Mac Jones. Yeah, and I everybody knows that the, the first and second picks in the NFL draft and Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, those guys are going to be the starters. But the other three right. first-round quarterbacks is where the questions are. I'm really leaning toward... Justin Fields as being that guy for Chicago because the more he plays in week one or two, even if there's some growing pains, the better he's going to be later in the season. And who knows, maybe they can be in position to to make a playoff run and he can learn some of those things earlier. You can just get him in there and throw him into the fire. Um, out of Patriots camp is an interesting one because according to reports, Cam Newton frustrated, not throwing the ball well, did not look great. And the rookie quarterback has looked as good as any rookie quarterback they've had since 2000. In Patriots camp. So Mac Jones may be gaining a little bit of ground there on Jarrett Stidham. And he's taking number three reps, but gaining ground on Jarrett Stidham and Cam Newton in New England. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, and they still have Hoyer there. I, yeah, I wonder if Hoyer's just a, a coach on the field. I mean, is that his whole yeah, role is just like to be it. that? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to play. I wonder if Stidham makes a team. Like, could Stidham be one of those guys that just 
gets traded to the Bucks for a seventh round pick and right before cuts or something like that. You know, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't totally flush his, his career down the toilet, but obviously it's a two horse race. I was talking about those other two guys for the heck of it. Uh, to me, this might be the most interesting one because they're so different. I mean, you still get the feeling that Newton is the leader in the clubhouse. And you mentioned me, you know, Mac Jones is beating out Stidham for reps. He's not beating out Newton for reps. So I do think Cam has a chance to really rebound from last year. And if you're fair to Newton with the COVID, how late he got to the Patriots, very few weapons around him. I think you can excuse some of his hardships his first year in New England, but you can't stick with that for long. Right. And if he still is throwing the ball poorly and is not, you know, performing well at this stage of the season, certainly worrisome. Cam definitely deserves the benefit of the doubt for last year with everything going on, but that's not going to last too long here. And if it if it no. continues through camp and into the preseason, maybe and definitely into the season, then you make a change. You just drafted the first round quarterback there's no reason to to screw around with it if the rookie looks like he's going to be ready at some point uh the third or the fifth rookie quarterback we haven't mentioned here the third that's actually in some sort of a competition not a competition yet Kyle Shanahan talking recently and uh offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel talking recently about Jimmy Garoppolo and about Trey Lance Garoppolo's looked great looked as good as he has in any spring so far with the 49ers and the rookie is a rookie and he just turned 21 years old and essentially they said look our job in OTAs and in uh, spring camps were to get him ready to be able to compete. So uh, at this point, training camp, they're going to come back and find out if, if Trey Lance is even ready to compete. So they're not even calling that one a competition yet. I think week one starter, it would be a massive surprise if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo and probably take some injuries there for it to be uh, Trey Lance. But Trey Lance, they said, is the number two. They're not doing the thing where they're screwing around with him, putting him at quarterback four behind Rosen and Nate Sudfeld and, and making him work his way up. He he walked in the first day. He's quarterback two. And if he's ready to compete, then maybe there can be some competition in camp, but they still don't know that he's going to be at that point yet uh, as a rookie in his first training camp. So Justin Fields, probably the guy. If, if any of these rookies are going to start in week one, be on the first two picks. Yeah, and the last note on the Niners is – the more and more I think about that situation, the more I think it's very, very similar to when the Chiefs drafted Mahomes. You know, they were a mm -hmm. good football team, traded up to the middle of the first round, not the top of the first round, got their guy with a pretty good quarterback in place, Alex Smith, you know, that the coaches trust and they've won with. And, you know, Mahomes, everyone knows, played one game his rookie year and then took over. It was just by the time, you know, everyone watches practice throughout the year, everyone, everyone in the building knows that he's a more talented, better player. And you move on from Alex Smith in a cordial manner after the year. Uh, I can see the exact same you know situation going on in San Francisco. And there's you know you're looking at push factors and pull factors. When the rookie's ready, the rookie's ready. You gave up all those resources, and he's got to play. But there's no need to put him in before he's ready. Where some other teams, you're putting guys in whether or not because you drafted them, yeah. and, and you don't already have something in place. The Niners expect to be able to go to a Super Bowl with their veteran quarterback. Absolutely. And I think that might that might be the the recipe. I mean, when we look back, there's always been this argument over time, should quarterbacks sit or should they start? But if you could kind of do a little bit of both yeah. where, yeah, they're going to sit, but they're definitely starting year two and the team's in pretty good shape. You probably drafted him a year earlier than you need him. That's ideal to me. Yeah, if you're a rookie quarterback, it's much better for you for a team with a really good offensive coach and a good roster already to trade up and draft you rather than one of those bad teams that earned a top three pick, yeah. right?
Absolutely. All right, let's move on to those Twitter questions next. Folks, I got to admit, I am not very handy. I don't know a lot about cars. I respect people that do, and frankly, I'm very envious because, I mean, the money you can save with a product like rockauto.com and being able to do things yourself and create the exact car you want is something that I would love. I mean, I'm, I am I just don't have that skill set, to be honest with you. And, and rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for your auto and body parts needs from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to fall, you know, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear us box so they know that we sent you. That'll help us a great deal. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Here's one from Joshua, Matt. He says, what will the Eagles do well this year? In other words, will they have any position group above average? The Philadelphia. Part of me looks at Philadelphia and thinks this could be a disaster. Mm -hmm. The coach quarterback connection to me is, let's just say, volatile. I mean, if we were ranking coach quarterback combinations, and maybe that's a good July project for us, rank them all one to 32 coach quarterback combination. You know, KC would be number one. Is Philly 32? I mean, they're pretty low. I mean, there's. It's just not an established head coach. He kind of felt like he was a consolation prize. Nobody was super excited to take that job. And Hertz might be fine, but they have provisions in place in case he doesn't make it. And he wasn't a top five pick. And, you know, we haven't seen a lot. It absolutely could work out. But in terms of answering this question, I think their weapons are average to above. You factor in. Miles Sanders with Gainwell as your Naheem Hines. I, I think Goddard has a chance to be a top five type tight end. And then the, the young receivers are way better than they've been, at least. And I also think the offensive line, if healthy, could be a top 10 unit, too. I mean, they had Landa Dickerson to the mix and get guys like Lane Johnson and Brooks and all these guys back. I think the supporting cast around Hurt should be more than good enough to at least get a, a fair assessment of him by the end of the year. Yeah, you laid that out well on offense, and so much is going to come down to the coach and the quarterback. And if you just ranked quarterbacks and then just ranked head coaches in the league, I don't think Hertz or Sirianni would necessarily rank high, and they don't have a track record to rank very high. Right, right. So it could turn out really great, but just looking uh, looking at it right now, there's just so much unknown, and Sirianni didn't draft Hertz either. So I never like those True. New coaches with old quarterbacks combinations. It just doesn't ever seem to work out well. But you mentioned it. There's enough talent there for it to to work out well if Hertz is the guy and Sirianni uh, turns out to be the right guy as a coach. You still got Lane Johnson there. Uh, Andre Dillard, uh, if he turns out to be the guy they hoped he was when they drafted him in the first round. There's been some growing pains there. Kelsey, Brandon Brooks. You know, So they still got an offensive line that uh, in some cases is aging a little bit. But 
Um, has enough talent there to still be pretty good. Devontae Smith, I like a lot. I still think he was the best core, uh, wide receiver in the draft. If his, <laughs> He's so skinny. I saw him in a jersey without his pads on. Hey, guy, guy is so skinny. <laughs> um, but I think he can overcome that. He did in the, in the, in the college game. Rager. Sure. We'll see. Um, Miles Sanders, you mentioned. Uh, there's still Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard at this point. Roll two tight ends. You know, don't don't screw around with trading Zach Ertz because you might need him. You just, you need all the weapons you can maybe to to keep that offense uh, above average. But I'm not seeing. You know, I forget how the question was worded. Did he just ask above average? Okay, above average. Ugh. Yeah. Well, quarterback, uh, no. Wide receiver no. group is probably average if it all works out. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I there's definitely not better ones. Definitely not above average. Um, right. Offensive line has a chance. The tight end group has a chance to be above average. They're, mm-hmm. I think they're definitely above average. Goddard and Ertz for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you group O line together, I think that should be above average. Mm-hmm. Weapons, if you would just want to put those five on the field, I think it could be average or above. The strength of the team has always been the defensive yeah, line, I and I expect there. you know Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Hargrave and those guys to probably be above average. And the safety position was so bad. One of the best signings of the offseason was picking up Anthony Harris for not that much money. So that's one addition that they didn't have last year on the back end that I think will help. But, I mean, they're it's going to be a long year. And yeah. they might end up with three first-round picks next year. And we might be buzzing about the Eagles one year from now. Don't like their back seven. So that no. above-average defensive line, and they still are above-average defensive line, has to carry that defensive side of the ball. And they're pretty deep, too. Still got Brandon Graham going. I uh, was drafted in what 2010. I can't believe he's yeah. He's kind of starting to get a little old though. Yeah, he is. Uh, Derek Barnett, solid player. I like Hargrave. Fletcher Cox, obviously, he's a great player. Then they've got some depth in Josh Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan, and they just drafted Milton Williams, who I liked a lot in the third yeah. round. So deep yeah. and in a pretty talented defensive line. So that's your above average group for sure. But probably not the powerhouse it once was, even with that group. I mean, the the, the whole philosophy of the team. They invest in linemen, and they did it again this year. Did they really need Milton Williams and Landon Dickerson? Maybe not, but they're going to try to make the, the lines of scrimmage a strength. And when they won the Super Bowl, I wrote an article about I thought they were the best team when you combine both lines in the league by a wide margin that year. We talked earlier this week with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans, and he said Ryan Tannehill should be around QB8 in the NFL. Joshua, different Joshua, wants to know, uh, would either of you take Ryan Tannehill over Lamar Jackson to start on your team? Uh, So for me, the answer is no in the short term and the long term. Me too. It's somewhat of an interesting question, though, because if it's just for this year, I could argue that, I mean, Tannehill does some traditional quarterback things better than Lamar. He's a very good deep passer. He's good in the pocket, et cetera. The short answer is no, and I don't think people realize how old Ryan Tannehill is, too. I mean, he's he's on the back nine. I mean, I'm not saying he's getting old or aging or not playing like a young player anymore, but he doesn't run like he used to. Everyone remembers a wide receiver at A&M. Um, he's, been, he's been there for a while. I mean, he's been in the league for a while, so I, I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. But if Tannehill had a better year than Lamar Jackson, I don't think I'd be blown away. Right, yeah, Tannehill was a fifth-year senior coming out of A&M. He was a wide receiver turned quarterback. Then he was a 24-year-old rookie with Miami, played four, what, five, six years in Miami before he ended up in yeah. Tennessee. So he's already thir- he's actually heading into his age 33 season this year. So mm, I was I think he's 32-ish. Yeah. Right, and so didn't really break out until he was you know pretty much 30. Right, right. I mean, so 
five years of Tannehill versus 12 years of Lamar or whatever. Yeah. Actually, I take I, that back. He had some pretty decent seasons there in Miami. He had 4,000 yards passing. And, yeah, 66% yep. in uh, his third season as a 26-year-old in 2014. So I, I don't want to cut his Miami career short. He's been pretty good anytime he's not coached by Adam Gase. Yeah, that's and a good way to put it. And many people say that. That's a good way to put it, yeah. 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 What would Lamar many Jackson look like that. under Adam Gase? I would take Ryan right. Tannehill over that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a totally different question, but it would factor into my decision if it was a different quarterback, not Tannehill, somebody closer in age, maybe Josh Allen. If I were to build, if Lamar was the quarterback I was getting to build my team around, you have to build your team differently, you know, and the Ravens have, you know. So are, are you going to be committed to building it the way to make Lamar is as good as he is now and in a way they've done such a good job with that with all the heavy tight ends and fullbacks and uh the running heavy run scheme but they haven't given him the receiver they haven't given kyler murray the hopkins or josh allen the digs you know so they tried this offseason but they still need that one more piece so i'm just saying if i'm if we're talking about this question and lamar's one of the candidates you got to look at your team a little different from the next step. Who's my next draft pick? Who's my next signing? You know, let's stick with quarterbacks here. Okay. A Hendricks wants to know, will Tua make the year two jump for the dolphins? Matt, are you a Tua believer after what we saw with his sort of oddball rookie year? Believer? No. Would I be investing in Tua right now? Not heavily. Um, I do think much like the Cam Newton conversation we had earlier, it's insane to judge Tua off what he had to overcome last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, the COVID, the train wreck like hip injury, you know, car wreck like hip injury in and out of the lineup. You know, he comes out and says, I didn't really know the playbook. Folks, no quarterback really knows knows the playbook as well as they want to or as comfortable as they want to. He probably just shouldn't have said it. It made himself look worse than he was. Right. Um, but I didn't love him as a prospect either. He's not real twitchy. I mean, like just his, his physical skill set to me is okay. It's not wonderful. He's not a power thrower. He's not a real twitchy athlete. He's not bad in those departments, but he's not – top five pick type of guy, you know, you compare him to Josh Allen or Lamar, one of those type of guys. And you say, wow, they're a lot more gifted than he is. Not that he's bad, um, but I do think he'll have a good year. I mean, I, I think if we have this conversation a year from now, I think we'll all agree. Miami's got their quarterback. I mean, the Tua is, they're not in, the quarterback won't be in need a year from now. Could he end up in Kirk Cousins land? Absolutely. You know, he may not be the put the team on his shoulders type of guy. Actually, and looking at sort of his size and the way he throws arm talent wise, Garoppolo, you know, Kirk Cousins, those are pretty good comps for what he could end up being. Yeah. Uh, but to answer the question, will he make the year two jump? I absolutely think he will make a year two jump because, like you said, yes, it's crazy to think that last year was going to be a year that he was going to really shine, and he'll have an opportunity to do that for the Dolphins. How big is that jump? Is the real question. How high will that get? Is he? Are we going to be talking about him as a top ten quarterback in the NFL after this year? I don't know about that, but he's absolutely going to make a jump, and, and it would be it would be surprised if he didn't. And then the Dolphins would go back looking for a quarterback in the draft if he doesn't make a jump this year. Yeah, I think he'll make a jump. I don't know if he'll make the jump, the jump that they yep. want. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Well put. Okay. More questions coming up about the most overrated team in the NFL as well. Coming up on Peacock and Williamson.
Do you want 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com? Well, listen up, and I'll tell you how you can get Tasty Treat, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, I'm staring at a box of Built Bars that I built myself. You can mix and match three flavors. I love the peanut butter. I also wanted to try some other flavors, so I went with Toffee Almond and one of the six new flavors, Cookies and Cream. 130 calories in the cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate, not a brown colored flavored chocolate weird coating. It's legit chocolate. So get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Let me tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all that action at BetOnline. Get the latest news, odds, information, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, even all your UFC, MMA action, they got so much going on here. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device. It's super easy. And check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams preps for their runs for the playoffs as well. Uh, head to the website and or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. All one word, all caps, locked on. That's 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Matt, we're looking at overrated teams here now. This question from, well, there's two similar, one from Dave and BWigs92 says, at Williamson NFL, at BD Peacock, what teams do you expect to perform above and below their Vegas win totals this season? I'm going to start with two teams, Matt that I think are going to be below their Vegas win totals, and they're at the top and the bottom of the spectrum right now. One is the Houston Texans. Four wins I think is too high. I'm going under four wins for the Houston Texans. I fully expect they will earn the number one pick in the NFL draft, and they'll have the worst record in the league, and I'd be shocked if they win more than a couple games. Just looking at them on paper, unless Deshaun Watson comes back, and, and then maybe they're able to uh, go above expectations, but that probably won't happen until the end of the year, so they'll have less of an opportunity to win some of those games. Uh, so that's one. Here's another dark horse team for the under. And I think it's a lot easier to look at a team that's slightly overrated that is rated extremely high. And I think the champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers could potentially be that team. And one of the reasons that's what is, I was going to say, actually. Were, were you OK? And, and like yeah. old quarterback, you know, maybe Tom Brady and, and Gronk gets hurt and maybe th- Tom Brady hits the wall. And, and obviously they're going to be a lot worse because of that. But here's another thing that I found super interesting. And I was diving in to uh, statistics, and, and there's a lot of people putting together work. There's DVOA lost for teams that had a bunch of injuries last year. And, and since the 49ers have dealt with a bunch of injuries, I've been really looking at a lot of these numbers and trying to figure out what's going on, what are the trends, uh, which teams were hurt most and worst by injuries over the course of the last few years. And last year specifically, and the 49ers lost more uh, wins above replacement, more DVOA, more however you look at it, the Niners were, I think I killed, yeah. Uh, yeah, just got crushed by injuries last year. Like historically. It, as, yeah, as much as any team for the last 20 years. Yeah. But the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers Total were opposite. on the opposite end. 
They were yep. first in healthiest offense and second in healthiest team on defense last year. So sometimes it does take a little bit of luck. So if that just regresses to the mean for a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they're, you know, they have one of the highest Vegas win totals. I'm not sure what it is right now. I think it's at least at 12. I think Kansas City and Tampa are both around 12. They're a team that you could look at that could definitely go below. Not because they're not good, just because they're going to run into a little, you're not just good because that was their whole big thing. It's like, we're bringing the whole gang back together, right? We brought everybody back on one-year deals. It just doesn't work that way in the NFL. Yeah, I was thinking them too. And I don't want to go too deep in this conversation because I definitely owe our fan base a over-under for every team. I, I like to do that every year. Yeah. You know, We'll go through every team. We'll pick our over-unders on win totals closer to the season. But I was sitting here thinking Tampa, too, because you know the number's so high. You know, I mean, the expectations are so high. It's almost like if they don't go to the Super Bowl, let alone repeat, that it's a bad year. Yeah. And you know, that's just a hard thing to hit. I mean, how many back-to-back teams go to the Super Bowl, let alone win two in a row? And I was listening to Chris Sims's podcast yesterday, and he's going through his top 40 quarterbacks or whatever. And he's sort of controversial. He'll tell you what he thinks. You know, like he had Kellen Mond higher than a lot of some of the, the first-round rookies. And mm-hmm. But I respect his opinion. He goes out on limbs. He's a former quarterback. He's a son of a quarterback. And he really is thinks these things out. He's not just trying for clickbait and some of that nonsense people do. And I listened to the Brady conversation. He had Brady as the 10th ranked quarterback in the league. And immediately, I'm sure everyone's like, oh, that's crazy. What are you talking about? That's the GOAT. And yeah, but he had optimal conditions last year once he got his feet under him. And he's I'm not taking it away from Brady either. But I think he's closer to 10 than he is one. And one of the things Sims said even was, he's like, picture the Super Bowl with Mahomes in that Tampa offense and Brady behind that line in Kansas City that couldn't block me or you. You know, like, they wouldn't have got a first down. You know, like, there's no second reaction stuff to him. And now he's going to crumble in the pocket when he feels pressure. And I'm not giving him a hard time. He's awesome. But the end is still near. He's not the best quarterback in the league, contrary to popular belief. Yes, and he still needs some optimal conditions, and that could end. It could all end in one play, which kind of worries me. You don't want that to happen, but it absolutely could happen. And then you're talking about a Kyle Trask-led, you know, defending Super Bowl champion. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they just realize that. A NASCAR. I mean, what people are going to study that team like crazy, right? And maybe yeah. they're going to come up with a NASCAR package with really good interior offensive or defensive linemen, like the Giants did with Justin Tuck. Yeah, it was the way and, to beat him in 2004. You know, it's still the way to beat him in 2021, right? And maybe Tampa's line's not quite as good, and Tristan Wirth sprains an ankle, or you know what I mean? Like, right. there's going to be more hardships. Essentially, it's the thing we just saw with the Chiefs. Right, right. They, they right, played right. great all year. You get to the Super Bowl, and you just got something you can't overcome. Yeah, absolutely. But they won't be as healthy this year. We know that. And then Brady's good. He's really, really good, and he overcomes a lot with his mind. But when things aren't to script, he's not close to being one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I'm looking for teams that I think are going to go over their number, and I th- for some reason, it seems a little bit more difficult to find a team that's going to go over. And I think a lot of times Vegas capitalizes on fans of those teams that are 
yes. excited and, and they want to bet on their team. So I think some of them are a little high. Uh, and in fact, you know, 12 is still not even that high for the Bucks and the Chiefs. And, and those aren't bad bets if you did want to go over that necessarily. You know, Ravens, Bills. I think Bills at 10.5 is a pretty easy one for me to say. You know, I'm pretty comfortable going over there as far as the good teams are concerned. Um, there is... Uh, the the big question here is, are there any bad teams that you really like as up-and-comers? And it's hard because even if you like what the Jets are doing, six and a half, that's a big jump for them. So the overs jump, right? are, are really hard for a lot of these teams. I mean, the 49ers are also at 10. We just talked about the injury stuff that are just on the opposite end of things than the Buccaneers. Is that an over? I, I think that's a, a, an okay bet. Uh, the Seahawks, I'm seeing nine and a half. I, I don't mind that as an over, but as far as the bad teams, there's not a lot of good ones that I, I really want to jump on here because even the teams I like the direction, Panthers seven and a half, it's hard to go over on those numbers. Yes. Uh, I hesitate to bring it up because of who, my, who I'm chatting with now, but I think my favorite over is the Niners. That's a great bet. I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, just yeah. I mean, the a healthy Forty Niners thing. team we saw was you know a thirteen win team. They're really good. Yeah. yeah. It's once, um, once you start to get up ahead. over ten, the margin of error is just so narrow too, because you know a twelve win team uh, season is already so good. So that's why it's hard to bet on that for like the Chiefs and the Bucks, even if if you think they're far and away the best teams in the NFL. And, and some of these future bets, you're right. You know, the fan bases are always optimistic. Oh, my team's going to win nine games. They're playing seventeen this year. And my hunch is if you took all the Vegas win totals, added them up and divided them by 32, the number would be higher than eight and a half. You know what I mean? Like it probably doesn't add yes. up. You that's know what good, I mean? That's a good point. I never thought about that. And I think you're right when I'm looking at the numbers right now. Here's one. I'll give you one for an over. We just talked about them. The Chicago Bears. Maybe they're starting a rookie quarterback all season, but I think they'll have a better quarterback, even if it is a rookie, than they've had. And they're already yes. a better than seven and a half win team. So give me the over on the Bears. And I don't think the division's hard. I mean, one of the things I always do with over-unders is like, if you said, okay, Matt, what's your over-under on the Bears? I'd say, well, they got six games in the North. I bet they win at least three of them, probably four, possibly five. And then in the other 11, can I get to the number? You know what I mean? Right. So that's kind of like my jumping off point. But where I was going with those totals is, and this is absolutely true whenever you do um, future bets for players, you know, is... A.J. Brown's over under 1,100 yards for the year, whatever it is, touchdowns. But if you go through all of them and you bet the under on every single bet, especially the player props, you have to make money. I mean, guys get hurt. That's a good point. And That's I bet it's true point. for the over under. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if there's... You bet every under. I bet there is some studies on that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go look for I mean, that. some of those, there's not, there's not a real high limit. Right. And they keep your money for six months or whatever. But, you know. <laughs> That's the worst part about futures. Like, <laughs> right. I was, no, I was just in Lake Tahoe. Do. I was like, do I want to bet on something that I can't collect until December? Right. Like, oh, I forgot I bet on that one. Yeah. I always put a couple down on over-under win totals. And I check them in like week 12. And like, man, I st- I'm probably going to win this. But I still got another month till I get the money. <laughs> and then it's only like, you know, 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, good stuff. We're out of time here. Thank you for all the questions. Apologies to those questions we did not get to, but keep them coming. We'll try to get to some later in the week. And then, yeah, we don't have much planned this week. We could do some more questions throughout the week. Yeah, we'll Sprinkle do it all again in, next Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, and it'll be fun. I don't know what the timing is, Matt. Uh, we can go through and, and do the over-unders for all the teams in the NFL. And we did it last year. I can't remember what the date was. That Was that a July episode? I We could even do two season? of them. We could do one soon. 
And then maybe we'll do our final ones like the week before the season starts. And we're sort of picking our winners and all that stuff. Preseason injuries, things like that. Uh, Last note, as soon as we hang up here, which is probably the next 30 seconds, I'm hopping in my SUV and going down to Heinz Field and watching uh, live practice. I have not seen live football in a very long time. And we'll be broadcasting down there the next three days. Wow. Happy June June 15th to everybody out there. Things are going to really change today. The the second half of 2021 is going to look a lot different than the last year and a half has. And, And I, for one, am super excited about it. So, Matt, have fun. Enjoy live football, live practice. That's exciting. Been a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen them run around in a while. It's been a very select crew that's been able to see them. So I'm pretty psyched. Looking forward to those reports, and we will continue uh, covering everything going on in the NFL. I'm excited to talk wide receivers here with you, Matt, too. I want to have that episode where we sort of draft. Yes. I think it's just the way to do it is draft rest of career wide receivers and talk about how we look at the the wide receivers going forward uh, in the NFL because there's so many good, young, talented ones. Uh, that's going like to come it. up like maybe it. some point this week. If you have any topic ideas, hit us at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Be back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.